We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality. Welcome to the Pat Mayo Experience, presented by DraftKings 2021 World Golf Championships, Workday Championships at the Concessions. It's a stupid name. Just, just call it like WGC Florida. I know you want to get the sponsor in there, so shout out Workday. I'm sure you can do this. You can figure out other ways to put it in, but here's the official name. World Golf Championships, Workday Championship at the Concession. Uh, it's not going to be great for SEO purposes. I'm not going to lie to you about that. So we'll just call it the WGC Workday or WGC Workday Championship. Why are we calling it the World Golf Championships Workday Championship? It sounds really stupid. Either way, this is what's getting at me because I'm hilariously out of it on a Sunday. Recording this just before the leaders tee off on Sunday at Riviera. Hopefully Cam Smith can have a great Sunday and go out and win this event. Maybe Matt Jones, who we jumped in live on on Sunday morning. Maybe he can figure it out. I guess if the wind kicks up, that's the only chance that these guys have. Maybe J.B. Holmes can figure out a top 20 somewhere along the line. That would be all great. But what I do need to tell you is smash the like button for the episode. Give me your early lean down in the description. And if you want to play in the best tournament on DraftKings, only 3,000 spots this week. The PME Open link is open. 
live in the description of this video and podcast. So please get in there now. The DFS Open charity event is going to be having an announcement on Monday too. So go check that out as a way to give back. Uh, We might be doing something with that as well on the Pat Mayo experience. So please check it. Also, if you want to get into a draw for a hundred bucks, please go subscribe to Daily Fantasy Sports Picks and Bets The Mix, where, you know, my one and done stuff is up there. There's going to be Euro Golf once Euro Golf comes back after all of these guys who are playing this week for the WGC go back to Europe. And even if they don't, if there's a European event, we're going to be covering it up on that podcast feed. So if you subscribe to that, Go to Apple Podcasts, leave a five-star review, include your Twitter Twitter handle or email, say something nice about the program. You're in the draw for a hundred bucks. If you've already done it, you're still in the draw. We're going to be announcing the winner on Monday's Pat Mayo Experience with Jeff Feinberg breaking down the odds in this field. And frankly, we're flying in the dark a bit. I'm going to use fantasynational.com to try to parse through some of the information to see if we can find some hidden players in the field. Uh, but frankly, if actually, if you go to fantasynational.com slash mayo, you get all access to tools at a discount. So I'd highly recommend you go do that. Also, in the description of the video and pod, you never know what's down in that description. Sometimes I hide stuff down there just to see if anyone reads it. And spoiler, they don't. So well, maybe you should check that every once and again. But we have not seen this course in competitive play. But here's what we're looking at right now. So I'm going to flip over to the official scorecard of what we have. As you can see, it's a par 72, 7,474 yards, Bermuda Green Grass, the concession golf club. And there's a bunch of long par threes, uh, 273-yard par three, number four, Number 11 is a 211-yard par 3, a 222-yard par 3. So we'll probably factor that in to the modeling. It's a Jack Nicklaus course. So we have that filter on Fantasy National. We can kind of dig through all of the Jack Nicklaus designs, see if there's certain players who tend to play well. The first guy that comes to my head who's you know my arch nemesis is Mackenzie Hughes, that he is someone that tends to play well at Jack Nicklaus designs. And, and in Florida, too, because he's had some nice runs at the Honda Classic. That's probably going to be my comp. But, I mean, there's a ton of sand. There's some water off the tee. I really don't know. So I'm going to have to – we'll do a uh, prelim model right now during the course of the show to see if that just pops anyone up right away. But I think I'm going to want to wait till later in the week to really refine that going forward. And when the odds eventually come out, I mean, if there's players talent-wise that I feel are a bit undervalued, then, yeah, maybe I'll end up jumping on them just because of the odds, what I at least perceive is odds value on them. Like if someone like Hatton opens at like 30 to 1, then you just go bet Hatton. I have no idea if this course is good for him or not. It feels like every course is good for Hatton at this point. So that would be a way that you'd want to assess the early odds. But in trying to find like draft, Kings plays or sleepers it's going to be a bit tough this week uh, just kind of navigating through this course uh, I mean I've tried to look at the overheads you see water you know there's gonna be some forced layups uh, maybe on some part five some shorter par fours but we don't have a ton of information to go off of I mean the one that really kind of sticks out is and you're gonna hear this a ton the 2015 NCAA championships were at the concessions Bryson DeChambeau won that year he beat CT Pan in the final so that's about you know kind of polar opposites of guys that you can have. We know that Pan tends to play a little bit better on Bermuda grass greens than anything else. Bryson's probably going to end up being a value this week because he you know, was, I bet on him this week. We get to my DraftKings review uh, and it's a disaster. I'm good at losing money in this $200 contest on DraftKings. Minus a thousand 
for the year. Uh, just don't tell my wife, okay? And then we'll be good to go. But Bryson's on that team. Bryson ends up missing the cut. Didn't rally, though. Had a nice minus four over his final, like, ten holes or so. Like, I'm not sweating Bryson. He's a high-variance player, but we know that he has win equity. So I'm curious to see where his odds come in. If it's 20 to 1 or higher, I'm probably going to end up going back to Bryson this week. And miscuts don't really scare me all that that much like I, i'm not playing for guys to make the cut like pulling a morikawa this week although i did bet on morikawa this week that you know he was bad round one he was on the fringe of making the cut he makes the cut and then kind of rallies back and he's probably going to end up with like a t25 that's great and everything DraftKings wise but you know if you're gonna bet outright winners you want a guy who can go out and win we'll see how that ends up playing out at riviera maybe cam smith come on cam smith do it do it for your boy pat just finish inside the top eight how about that can you just do that that would be fine uh then we can move on from there so let's jump over to the field on fantasynational.com. Once again, fantasynational.com slash mayo to get yourself a discount on the product. And you can parse through these stats and use the tools any way that you like. Uh, if we just sort by strokes gain total, you got over the past 50 rounds, DJ Xander, Rom, JT, and Daniel Hauserberger. Uh, this obviously does not factor in the Genesis stats as of yet. Those will be available on Monday morning or late on Sunday evening. Bryson, Webb, Cantley, Reed, and Harris English are the ones after that. Overall, for the field, everyone who's good is playing minus Tiger Woods and Paul Casey. That's essentially it. This is the strongest field of the year so far. I mean, WGCs are a rung below a major for one-and-done purposes. It's a no-cut event with a very small field. I think guys are in this field, like 78. 67 again and then three guys that we've never seen who have no data that would be jc Ritchie, trevor simsby and danny van tonder uh you have to remember that guys get into this field um i mean besides the european tour guys although there's two classes of european tour players this week we'll get to them in a second uh from 2020 and this season so far but you also have the japan golf tour order of merit winner the australian asian tour Order of Merit, Sunshine Tour, Order of Merit, Asian PGA Tour, Order of Merits. That's how you get some of these guys into the field. But there's a bunch of European Tour players this week, only because you have two sets of them. And some guys that we haven't seen yet uh, over in America so far, and a lot of them are in the Masters field. So that's probably why they're going to end up coming over. So super strong field, huge prize purse. Everyone's going to get money this time around. Uh, so for one and done, this is going to be the best purse of the year to date. So you probably want to burn one of the top end guys and probably a good game theory week because we don't really know how this is going to play out. So overall, the guys, high-end guys that we have yet to see in America so far. Hatton's going to be over, Fleetwood, Lowry, Rose, and Bern Weisberger. All players that you could theoretically potentially go to this week. Other players on the lesser tier, I mean, in my mind at least, and maybe the world rankings don't bear that, at least name value-wise, that you're getting from the European side. My guy, Seabez, Zanut, Thomas Detry, Sammy Velamaki, Robert McIntyre, Scrivener, Sullivan, Lucas Ebal, Rasmus Hogard. Very excited to see Rasmus Hogard in some of these events. David Lipsky, Aaron, are you, are you Aaron Ray? Who wants to know? And Lori Cantor are all over from the European Tour to play in this WGC. It's funny because the Puerto Rico Open is going to go on simultaneously. Famously, Victor Hovland won that last year and broke the curse by winning in Mexico as guys who win the Puerto Rico Open. Maybe Fina will break that today at Genesis. Who knows? Of uh, Guys that never win afterwards. But in that field, you have have 
I mean, you have y'all here run of the mill PGA tour guys that are in it, like Grio and list, uh, will be playing in Puerto Rico and her Lahiri, uh, decent win player, by the way, but like Poulter is playing Matt Wallace is playing Thomas Peters is playing. So there's some high end euros in the Puerto Rico open field, uh, this week as well. So maybe we'll kind of dig into that on Monday show. I don't want to run too much on it here. Once the DraftKings pricing comes out, you can go to the simulator and check out how the Puerto Rico open is going to go. Do we run Puerto Rico open last year? How did it do? Oh, the Sim gave out 11 to 1 Victor Hovland. Now he won, so that's good news. But um, you know, maybe it's a favorite field. Maybe you can find someone in there. I'm curious to see what happens with the Genesis, actually. A decent run for the simulator. No one outside the top 15. I guess Kevin Na. Kevin Na at Hawaii was the one outlier so far this year. But how are we doing in the simulations in terms of win equity? Rom, Thomas, Dustin, Rory, Morikawa. Well, it looks like Dustin's the only one going to have a chance in that regard. Neiman was up there for a while. Brooks making a little bit of a Sunday charge. Stupid Bryson. Uh, Berger withdrew, so his stuff was factored in here. I wondered how that got distributed. Hovland, Finau. Who are the sleepers? Uh, Streelman made the cut. Henley made the cut. CH3 did not make the cut. Munoz. Simulator loves Munoz, always. Snedeker miss. Hadwin made it. Zalatoris in contention. It's not terrible, not great by any means. Bad at the top end. Uh, that's really the story of my week when it came down to betting and when it came down to DraftKings. I just got the top end wrong. I got the bottom end right, but you know that doesn't do you a whole world of good when two of your four main guys or three of your five main guys miss the cut at the top. And that's how most of your lineups start, as we're going to see. I wish I had taken a different strategy in the $200, played it a bit safer, maybe gone like Xander and Cantlay or Finau, but you know that's all hindsight talking at the moment. I probably was never going to get up to Dustin for his price point, so I'm not even really too worried about that. But Thomas and Bryson missing the cut really, really kind of did me in. So let's try to build a model and figure out what we got going on this week. So let's go to a custom stat model and let's add a new one and we'll call it WGC concession. That's almost how you spell concessions. That's probably close. And let's just take everything off the board to start. Once again, let's look at that scorecard. So I talked about the par threes that are going to be in play here. So over 200 par three, we'll chuck that in, see how it goes. Uh, over 450 par threes. We got one, two, three. All right, that's not so bad. Uh, short par threes then. Let's see, we got one, number eight, 12, that's two. So I guess most of what's going on is happening in between 400 and 450. So we have one, or not, two, three, four, five. So it's a pretty even distribution of par fours. All right, so let's go with strokes gained off the tee. Always nice to see. Strokes gained approach. We'll chuck that in as well. There's been rumors that this course is going to play pretty tough. Some of the par fives pretty pretty difficult to play so we'll throw in around the green as well and maybe if we maybe you can add in putting if you want i'll, I'll just kind of chuck that in at a minimal amount i guess i didn't have to take anything off the board uh, opportunities gained always a nice scoring stat to see those par, par three range i'm gonna throw that in as well strokes gained par three 200 to 225 par fours overall that's really where you want to be doing your scoring against the field uh, with all things being equal on the par fives and it does seem like there are some fours 
first layups here. So I'm going to throw in, and this could come back. This is probably something I'll edit throughout the course of the week. 75 to 100. And actually, you guys aren't going to lay up to that point. That's a really difficult range. Let's call it 100 to 125 and see how that goes. And so 100 to 125 proximity and 125 to 150. And just run this, see how it goes. We'll get our weightings in. And hopefully it's not all that bad. Uh, I always like to go approach over everything. So we'll put approach at 30. Off the tee at 15. Weight around the green around 10%. You know, Obviously, you don't want your guys missing too many. But if wind kicks up or this plays harder, we're seeing that play itself out at Riviera right now that the good around the green players tend to be going pretty well. 5% for putting. We'll go 10% in opportunities gained. We'll call 10% for 225 or 200 to 225. So we have another... Call par fours 10% and weight those two proximities 5% and 5%. I'm going to scale back approach to 25 and give another weight of 5% to off the tee to 20%. Because we have opportunities gain, which is a bit of an approach that with two proximity ranges in. So we don't need to really go, you know, go to town. Approach is always going to be the most important stat for the week, but it's not obviously the most predictable thing going. Obviously, off the tee uh, of all of the strokes gain metrics are going to be the one that is the most predictable. Let's load this in, see what we got going. Maybe we'll try to guess the odds a little bit later on too and take a look in at how everything is going. So past 50 rounds, who do we got? DJ, Thomas, Rom, Morikawa, Xander, Tony Finau, Joaquin Neiman. Oh, it jumped on me. Berger, Cantlay, Tyrrell Hatton, and Hideki Matsuyama still sticking up there, number 11. Not a great week for Hideki. Uh, Ryan Palmer also up there. Of probably going to be some of the cheaper guys. I got Palmer. Uh, M for the first time in two weeks. I thought he had retired from golf after not seeing him for that long. But here we are. Bubba is down there. Stupid Bubba. Another guy who cost me money. Lonto. Zalatoris. Kisner we're going to see again. I'm not sure if this course is going to play to it. Maybe I'll talk to Tour Junkies. They always have the caddy insight on some of this stuff. And the European guys and the guys that are coming over are going to be really hard to wait by and large anyway. Just because we don't have the strokes gain metrics for them into the system because they are processed differently than the PGA Tour stuff. So uh, you have limited rounds like Valamaki has two. I think that's from the U.S. Open. Probably not a great comp for there. Let's try to run this out into the rolling report and use the custom model. See if there's guys who are trending up, trending down from this regard based on the key stats that we're looking at. And again, I might amend these key stats and try to figure out how everything goes. Past eight rounds, basically the past two tournaments, maybe three if you missed a cut. Neiman, Cantlay, DJ, Xander, Rom, Finau, Brooks, Rory, Leishman, and Colin Morikawa. We've seen Mark Leishman have success in Florida in the past. He's not having a good go of it right now, but hey, things can change over time. You have JT, Hatton, Answer, Lowry, Lonto, Vic, Bryson, Burger Scott, Bubba as your top 20. If we go back to past 100 rounds, you're probably going to get more of the better players up there. Rose comes in at 18th on this list. Harris English at number 20. Then you got Reed and Woodland, EVR, stupid EVR. There's too much water off the tee. I mean, even if there's only like two of them off the tee at this course, and you know EVR, stupid EVR is going to find the fucking water. Ugh. The stats are always going to love him, but 
I can't love him because he makes me miss cuts. Past 12 rounds kind of interesting because you see high movers, just kind of outliers that I mentioned. Leishman, Zalatoris is inside the top 15 this week. Lowry, Brooks, Rory, Bubba. Weisberger pops up. Lonto again. So Lonto might be someone to continue to look at. He's, he makes a ton of cuts. Uh, he's perpetually undervalued. Lipsky shows up here as well. You can go back and take a look at the official World Golf Rankings page for the European Tour results. Lipsky at a top five the first time we see him. I probably wouldn't wait Saudi too much into that, but the first two events over in Abu Dhabi and in Dubai probably have a bit more bearing. I'm, I'm just kind of digging Hatton. I'm, I'm suspicious that he'll have a bit longer odds than everyone because he's been a bit out of sight, out of mind, because he's been playing over in Europe. Fleetwood as well, though Fleetwood just isn't playing all that good right now. Um, let's throw all this off and just go back and reset everything and maybe take a look at specifics. Uh, I mentioned this is a Jack Nicholas designed course. So if we just click on the filter down at the bottom, you see the Jack Nicholas tab. See how the architecture does with that. How are we doing here? So the courses that are in this mix, you can always see them up here in the top left corner of fantasynational.com. Glen Abbey, Mirfield Village for the Workday, Mirfield Village for the Memorial, Nicholas Tournament Course uh, at PGA West, PGA National, PGA West Nicholas Course. Uh, that's the Nicholas Course at Pebble, actually, sorry. And Valhalla GC are all stuff that is in here. Let's set a filter to past four years. Just quick off, 2021, 2022, 2019, and 2018. Bordeaux should be in here too, I think. Maybe none of these guys actually played it, so it's not being included. Uh, but where they had the Barracuda last year, I believe that was a Jack Nicholas-designed course. Anyway, um, so over the past one, two, three, four years, strokes gained at Nicholas courses, you have Patrick Cantlay, now I'm trying to think with Shearwood one as well. I get all the stuff mixed up in my mind. Anyway, Cantlay, Rom, Fleetwood, Thomas, Adam Scott, one, two, three, four, five, Finau, Woodland, Morikawa, Xander, and Jason Day. <coughs> Excuse me. Are the top ten in overall strokes gain day, as you can see. 24th T to green, Finau, 31st T to green. They've been doing it a bit with the putter at these courses. So we just look at overall ball striking. Actually, we'll go T to green because maybe some of the green complexes can overlap a little bit. Scott is actually number one. Scott, Cantley, Thomas, Fleetwood, Morikawa, Sergio, all of a sudden pops back up. And then you have Hideki, Woodland, Xander, Palmer, Neiman, Munoz. Munoz, a Jack Nicholas guy, I guess. EVR, Shane Lowry, Rafa, English. Reed, Sung JM, then Lipsky also pops back up there. Which four are that for Lipsky? Memorial for David Lipsky in 2019. If we go by average round, and because that can will kind of factor out the guys who have played it a bunch for versus the guys that haven't played it a lot. Uh, Fleetwood, Morikawa, Rom, Scott, Cantley, one, two, three, four, five T degree per round. Uh, are there guys who are just like suspiciously bad at these courses? Oh, big Vic Perez didn't even notice Victor Perez was going to be in the field. Going to add him to the list. Victor Perez actually kind of decent start for Big Dick or Little Dick Vic maybe because you know Big Dick Vic is over here on the PGA tour with Victor Hovland, but Victor Perez uh, had a top five at the second of the Middle Eastern swing events, along with Justin Rose. I think it was a top five. He blew it coming down the stretch. I had him on DraftKings. It sucked. Cam Smith has been bad. Camp Champ, who withdrew this week, but it looks like he's going back. Jason Barnaby, the Scrivener. He has uh, been bad in his two rounds. Guys with a decent sample. Champ, Smith, 
Kisner and Ortiz all over 10 rounds in the negatives tee to green. Dustin, not so great, but only six rounds. Lonto and Abraham answer along with Kokrak have not been great at some of these courses as well. Uh, guys that do pop out that you wouldn't really, in, in limited rounds, Lipsky four rounds. Brennan Todd, there's Ryan Palmer once again. So nice to see him pop up. Munoz, Rafa Lee Westwood is someone uh, who tends to play well, at least a little bit better than baseline at. He's another one of the Euros who's over in this field at Nicholas Courses. And that's really it. You have your regular standard run of guys. Billy Ho is back in the field. You get him back in Florida. That usually goes out pretty well. I know it's an Arnold Palmer design, but Cebes played pretty well at the what do you call it uh at Bayhill last year uh, he was in the mix till the end Mackenzie Hughes is someone just noticeably tends to pop up all of the stats don't really bear that out maybe it's all putting related because that's that's what you would think so he made the cut at Memorial made the cut at Workday was in contention at Honda don't know how he did at American Express uh, last year but he played decently or played very poorly missed the cut at Honda had a run at Honda missed the cut at Memorial so his last few round or last few tournaments at Nicholas courses have all been pretty good Mac Hughes playing okay at Riviera as well so uh, maybe someone that you can get in the lower 7,000 upper $6,000 range maybe you can find triple digits in a field this strong maybe like 150 to 1 for someone like Mac Hughes maybe not as an outright winner but someone who could potentially be I don't know a top 20 play, a top 10 play, something like that. We should probably click off, go back to all courses overall, take off the Nicholas tab. And I don't mind just sorting by the past four years anyway. I'm going to leave that on, and maybe we'll look at Bermuda putting and see how that goes. Past 36 rounds, let's call it. And we'll click on the Bermuda filter to see who's been putting well on Bermuda greens, maybe even chipping well, uh, just because of the different grass types. And this is all stuff that you can load into your mixed condition model over time if you want to as well. So the best putters on Bermuda over the past 36 rounds, Fitzpatrick, Todd, the Kiz, Webb, Sebez, Patrick Reed, Xander, English, Lanto, Berger, and Horschel to reverse that out. Hideki, Champ, Munoz, Hovland, Zelatoris, your five worst. Kokrak, Andy Sullivan in one round, so I wouldn't put too much stock into that. Weisberger in only nine rounds. Rafa, Neiman, Morikawa, EVR, Victor Perez, Adam Scott uh, are down on that list as well. Adam Scott has the full complement of the 36, only six rounds for Victor Perez, 17 for Eric Van Royen. Around the green play, Lowry, Thomas, Scheffler, Louis, Fleetwood, your top five around the green on Bermuda, followed by Cantlay, English, Todd, Scheffler, and Tony Fino. Scheffler's been doing a lot of good work on Bermuda on and around the greens worst players around the green now Kokrak, Hovland, Wolf, Champ, Victor Perez, and Yuki Imimori, who has four rounds on Bermuda Grass. Bryson also not been so great. Same as Kisner, which I do find surprising. I guess they both kind of make up for it in the putting range where Kisner is third over that time and Bryson is 22nd. We just look at short game overall, which combines around the green and putting together as its own stat. Todd Fitz, Xander, English, Patrick Reed, the worst guys, Champ, Matsuyama, Kokrak, Hovland, and Zalatoris. Zalatoris only in 14 rounds. So 
that's always fun to see. I don't know if we need to look too much more into anything as we kind of get our prelim look at what's going on in the field for the WGC. Like I said, I'm curious to hear more about the course as the week goes along. Uh, maybe we can find out something you know interesting. Maybe we know about the force layups a little bit more, how players are talking about it, because the broadcasts are like, oh, this course is going to be really hard. Like, do we ever believe that? Uh, unless we get high wins, I feel like the especially because the class of this field is so strong. You have all of the best players that these guys are probably going to figure it out time after time. So uh, unless maybe we'll have to check wind finder as the week goes along. And even this week at Riviera, it didn't seem like Saturday and Sunday were going to be like outrageous until the tournament actually started. So we saw a bit higher wins on those two days going into the week. But that's not really what the forecast showed as we sat here on a Wednesday evening and talked about the weather that more cropped up the day after and the day after that. It's like, Oh, holy shit, here's what's going on now. They were not prepared for it, as we saw with how fast they mowed the greens. Then balls started rolling off the green. So clearly they weren't anticipating all of this happening either, at least at the gust where it would actually affect play. And then you end up having to force in round four on Sunday when the winds are down a little bit. Then you can tinker with the course at the same time to make it a bit more palatable for the players. Let's jump over to... DraftKings, so you can see how big of a loser Pat Mayo is this week. Another loss for me, unless I guess Matthew Fitzpatrick ends up winning, and then I suppose I can go with it. Like I said, Cantley and Xander probably would have been a much better way to go about this in Fina, just because they're safer. But, you know, I, I had a hunch that Bryson was going to win. Shockingly enough, I was wrong, like normal. And I played Bubba on that same hunch, too. I just felt like, you know, Bubba can get it going. He was there. If he had just made the cut, I probably would have been fine. So... At the top, got it completely wrong. The other guys from the top who made the cut that I did play were Brooks and Morikawa. Not that that's doing me any good. If I had played the combination of them, I would be in the money at this point, even if I had kept everything else equal. I liked Leishman this week. I thought that he would compete. He kind of lost his way throughout the course of the wind picking up and just went bogey, bogey, bogey on Sunday morning to end his third round. That kind of spelled the end of him. Fitzmagic, as we speak right now, is he on the course yet? Doesn't seem like he's on the course yet, but if he ends up winning, maybe I can get enough points to kind of go through with this. Or if Wyndham, this lineup was actually cashing when Wyndham Clark was in third place before he melted down as well. If he can kind of get it back going, any good days out of all of these guys to make something happen. At least Cam Davis provided me with an eagle on on Sunday morning. So I'm not too concerned about the bottom end of how I really did this. Um, well, it looks like, yeah, thanks, Fitzpatrick. He did not birdie number one on Sunday. So hot start to the round for him. But Wyndham Clark, Cam Davis, Matthew Fitzpatrick is really how I rounded out a lot of my teams. Like I had, who else? I had the Gooch in the mix. He played pretty well. Uh, Varner made the cut, but he's you know no great shakes. Same as Kang I used from down in that like $6,000 range. But I didn't want to go below $7,000 for my DraftKings lineup. Like even on the, the chat show that I said, Wyndham Clark, last man in. Like I'm not too worried about it. he's 7100 bucks he's still t12 even if he comes t20 that's not a bad week for Wyndham Clark I wish Cam Davis had been a lot better I used a lot of Cam Davis I had Lonto in lineups so that $7,000 range actually did a lot of good for me I really liked Fitzpatrick that was just a pure hey this guy is wildly undervalued based on where he should be in both the betting market and on DraftKings versus his world ranking he's the number 20 ranked player 
in the world. You got him for 7,600 bucks. That seemed like a good play to me. It was basically above $8,000 where I really went wrong. So, you know, you live and learn when it comes down to it. You hope not to get 27 and 22 points from your highest priced players, making you feel like an idiot out here. But I do have some nice like Brooks Morikawa lineups. If these bottom guys can end up coming through for me, then I'm, you know, maybe I can make my money back. Maybe Shodan will be very kind to me on Sunday. Uh, but for this tournament, once again, that's five straight losing weeks because Pat Mayo is a gigantic loser, especially in this contest. Um, the hundred dollar single entry going much better as it does every single week. I, I feel like I should switch it, stop doing the 200 and just play the $100 like I normally do. But then I would just have terrible luck in that. Fortunately, you know, you have one good week in these contests and it kind of pay for everything. At least that's what I'm telling myself as I continue to bleed money like a giant jabroni going forward in this contest. We'll have some Puerto Rico stuff. All that, both fields are loaded into fantasynational.com right now if you do want to check them out. I'm just trying to think of how I could have got around it. JT was just a bad play. It was an ownership leverage play that if he was the top end guy that came through, I think he came in around like 10% ownership, 10 to 12%, depending on the contest, that it would have been great. Unfortunately, I didn't realize that he was Andercursed until the very last moment, and everything kind of blew up in my face. I'd be curious to see where he and Bryson both come in next week in terms of the betting odds, and Rory as well, just because they had bad weeks. Then you have Dustin, who might probably will probably go on to win this event. Him or Cantlay would probably be your two favorites at the moment, unless Burns can hold on. Then you're looking at a situation where Dustin comes in at like five to one again. Cantlay comes in at like 12 to one. And then these top end players continue to get pushed back down the list. Then you bet on pedigree, but it will be like the Webb Simpsons, the Tyrrell Hattons, that type of player that I'll be interested to see where the opening odds are. I'm guessing it's going to be, I mean, frankly, they should be like 25 to one, but I don't, glean that they will be i feel like it'll be between 28 and 40 for those guys patrick reed too another player that you know coming off of a win at tory pines like any course is kind of made for him oh you know what? let's go back to fantasy national for a second and just kind of take a look at because it's a par 72 over uh 7400 yards and maybe we can try to find out guys that specifically play well on courses like that so over 7400 yard courses maybe we can kind of pick out and this is still set to the past four years i'm going to click bermuda off for this setting so just we get a wider range of data that we can go into and again this is all stuff that you can throw into a mixed condition model if you want to so on courses over 7400 yards the past 36 rounds over the past four years overall jt rory xander dustin brooks then you got cantley rom finau day adam scott justin rose justin rose if you catch anything over let's say 75 80 to 1 on him i actually kind of like what i saw from him over in the middle east that he's kind of out of sight out of mind and maybe we can catch the number on him after rose who's 11th total uh you have reed Webb, Hovland, M, and Tommy Fleetwood comes in there as well. Uh, ball striking wise, Rory Finau, Thomas, DJ, Ryan Palmer. Oh, good. I'm just going to continue to go down with the Ryan Palmer ship here as we continue to march towards his triumph at the U.S. Open at Torrey Pines when June rolls around. Xander, Neiman, Woodland. Woodland, I feel like, let's just kind of take a look at the in play stats um let's see here genesis DraftKings 2 in play at the genesis more just so looking at the guys who missed the cut maybe there was someone striking it well that we didn't really notice because uh, they ended up missing the cut but we'll just sort by ball striking guys who missed the cut uh, woodland actually was those guys lost eight strokes putting in two rounds thanks for showing up gary but good off the tee 
good on approach? Okay, I can kind of get behind that. Woodland, one of your better ball strikers. Sergio, uh, one of the better ball strikers in the field. Gained 2.8 ball striking, 1.3 off the tee, 1.5 on approach. Lost almost four putting. And then it seems to be those two. Grio, eh, that was all driving lost in all of the other strokes gained categories. Norlander on approach. Answer, okay. So answer couldn't chip or putt, but even though showing up late, the irons were dialed in with him. We know that he's a very accurate player, and he's someone that hasn't really been playing all that well. Sink, Ortiz, Revy. Pat Perez and Troy Merritt. I guess the Perez, Merritt, Revy types are someone to look at in Puerto Rico. You can kind of parse through those guys. Glover and Damon, two more Puerto Rico guys, I think, although they both lost considerable strokes on approach. That's really it. There was no one who really stood out. Luke List uh, missed on the number. Uh, he was just kind of even all over the place. But the two that do stick out to me, just because they lost so many strokes putting, would be Woodland and Sergio, two guys that are in the field at the WGC. So maybe some um, you know, lower end DraftKings plays that you can look at that maybe the stats don't really account for because, oh, where were these guys? They missed the cut. They're absolutely pathetic. No way you could go back to them. They missed a cut. Well, it's a no cut event, so that's nice. I mean, on this pace, that would mean that Woodland could lose upwards of 16 strokes putting in four rounds. That would not be enviable, but even for him, that's really bad. Uh, and the greens were super tough at Riviera. So that's interesting to look at. So once again, fantasynational.com slash Mayo to get yourself the discount. You can run these stats any way you want and do all of your research. We'll have all of the stats updated once the tournament concludes. Give us a few hours, maybe overnight, to get everything loaded into the system. And we're going to be on our way. Jeff and I will be back on Monday to talk through the entire field as it pertains to betting. I got Jeff Ulrich for Tuesday. The Listener's League link is in the description. Remember to smash the like, share the show around, and do all that fun stuff too. Thank you all for watching. I'm Pat Mayo. I'll see you next time. Experience! Experience!